A very good morning to you indeed. The time has just gone half past nine. It is River Boy Wednesday. Ian Rocky here at the controls in the hot seat for a very, very packed show indeed. We've got lots of great fun, creative literacy lined up this morning. A fabulous reading, great interview, more games, more fun. Uh, let's go and meet the gents. Let's see, have we got Deputy Mitchell? Good morning, Deputy Mitchell. How are you? Good morning, Ian. I'm very well, thank you. Are you? I'm very well indeed, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Good, good to be here. We've got a yeah, we've got a great great show lined up today. Um, feedback from yesterday was fantastic. Um, just from my point of view, that the, the Jotcast was our craziest yet. I was still I was still put it, approving sentences at quarter to and ten to eleven um, yesterday, which was phenomenal. So a great a great response and some brilliant brilliant writing which i'm sure the listeners are going to be hearing some shortly but yes really excited about it can't wait to get going in lovely thank you so much we'll come back to you shortly now let's head across to a different part of the country entirely and meet the man himself start the day with a slice of pie this is radioblogging.net good morning sir how are you today i'm in peak <laughs> i would say that i'm in peak condition <laughs> Beautifully honed. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> we like it. Yeah, no, really good. Um, up early, the aged aunt is good, and her dogs are uh, behaving very, very well. She's had some work done in the garden, so she's really pleased with that. She's got a new bird area put up. Uh, we did worry about the cat, whether the cat would be interested, but she's got um, quite a fabulous. Uh, what's it called when you put a post in the ground, Ian? Steak. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steak and chips. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, less please. Steak. Um, I mean, where birds come. What's that called? Oh, a bird feeder. Yeah. yeah. She, she's got a really, really big bird feeder mm. up um, and spends a lot of time sitting in, I guess, a lot of pleasure um, from sitting, uh, looking at the birds coming down. And she, she, in true Corbett tradition, she has started to name some of the birds <laughs> and she talks to them. So, yeah, it's lovely, and she's very, very happy. She's fine. So uh, that's a great relief. You know, I love to keep an eye, an eye on the aged aunt mm. because she's on her own. That's really important to me. So, yes, all is good this morning, and we have Tim Bowler on, um, whose book, uh, River Boy, I first read a long, long time ago, and it's a beautiful, wonderful read. It's not like the sort of Peter Bunzel um, or Vashti Hardy um, you know, cracking yarn type of story. Mm. It's a different sort. It's more like a Julia Green, The House of Light. Um, it's a gentler read, but a deeper and richer read. Uh, a fantastic story. So, so we'll hear from Tim later on, but I think, Ian, we ought to crack on with a few games. Creative Games. Play and try with Ian and Pi. Now, this is always my favourite part of the day, my favourite part of the show. What have we got today, Pi? Well, I thought we, we haven't done any work with collective nouns, and I've always found collective nouns very, very um, interesting. A collective noun, <clears throat> this is where uh, this is a word that indicates a collection of things taken as a whole. So the word class is a collective noun. You get a class of lots of children. Library is one. You get a library of lots of books. A swarm. You've got a swarm of bees. So the word swarm represents, it means there are lots of bees there. Um, uh, so a school uh, would be another one as well. Um, so um, 
you need to be in pairs, really, ideally. You could do this on your own just by inventing some. Um, but twos or threes would do us. Pairs, ideally. Partner A, partner B. Now, partner A is going to suggest three uh, categories, three types of things. So you, you could suggest planets, for instance. And then we're going to make some of these up. Uh, we all know a swarm of bees, but if you were going to make up one of your own, you could have a buzzing of bees or a busyness of bees. So you've invented a collective noun. If you had a class of children instead of a class of children, how could we do a collective noun uh, for, uh, for children? And uh, oh, it could be if you were in some schools, it might be a naughtiness of children. <laughs> In other schools, it might be a sparkle of children. I've been in so many primary schools where we have rich creativity. We have really sparky children who come up with great ideas and love their reading and their writing and their maths and a great at art, a sparkle of children. Love that idea, Ian. Mm. So um, are, you, are you going to give me categories or are you going to invent uh, the nouns? I will give you, I'll, I'll give you some categories to start with. How about um, the first, so do you want all three at once or would you like one at a time? Just one at a time. One at a time. Let's go for uh, sons. Okay, so I've got to come up with a, a, um, a, a, a something of sons. Mm. Now, sons are very, very hot. So I could say a, a burning of a swelter of sons. Yes, very nice. Very nice. How about cats? A meowing or a, pur a purring of cats. Lovely. Very nice. And uh, finally, what about swans? Swans are very, very white. They're very elegant. They're quite dangerous because they get when they get close to you, they, they look very like so many things in life, Ian. They look mm. beautiful. But when they get close, they've got those horrible little eyes and that <laughs> beak and they sort of hiss and they big flappy yeah, wings. They do. They, yeah, they do. It's scary things because they're huge. Um, but I'm going to go for a glide of swans. Oh, elegant. Elegant. Yeah. Now we turn it the other way round. Okay. So now it's going to get really, really uh, tough. So a something of insects. Um, how about a flickering of insects? Like that one, a flickering of insects. All right. What about, what about sharks? What would you do for sharks? Ooh, um um let's see a thrashing of sharks <laughs> i love it give, give them a thrashing <laughs> <laughs> i know that's not quite what you meant but that's what i heard what about clouds clouds What's um it? i'm gonna go for a plume of clouds on a plume of clouds sounds great doesn't it mm. so that's the first game collective nouns inventing collective gowns uh, gowns <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on, put yourself together, man. Politicians. <laughs> what would you have for politicians? Uh, a politicians. Um, let's think. An honesty of politicians. <laughs> How do you like that, Pi? Oh, no. <laughs> Give me mercy. Mm. Oh, dear. I'm sure the uh, adults listening can think of a few things. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> On we go. Game two. Um, in the story... Uh, the main character, Jess. T Tim's going to read from the very beginning. Jess is absolutely obsessed by swimming. It's her thing. And um, when I was a kid, I went through various stages of different things that I was really, really into. I was always a great collector of things, even simple things like uh, pebbles off a beach. I'd have a, a mighty collection. 
Um, so those obsessions, uh, things that we think are really amazing, really wonderful, and they can be objects or they can be things that you do. So the 10 most beautiful things that we can think of, Ian, mm. um, let's bounce it backwards and forwards. I'll tell you my first one. Um, and Michael Rosen, um, who wrote a marvelous poem about this, it's the it's you know that shiny icing you get on the top of a of a chocolate cake. Yes, I just think that's sheer magic. Mm. Love. What have I, you got? I've got. Uh, I love watching the sun come up over the horizon on a clear day. Oh yeah, I used to do that when I was a head teacher because sometimes. I'd drive into work really, really early. And when I was first a head teacher, I had a little moped. Um, and the moped was called Kevin. That <laughs> <laughs> was called Kevin. Of yeah, course. Strap my little, why not? Strap my little helmet on. Can you imagine it? I mean, I was dressed up in the gear. It was, mm. I'd say I, I was sort of blue, um, I don't know, a blue bumblebee bo- buzzing along on this little moped. Um, but it was lovely because, of course, it was really, really fresh first thing in the morning. And at winter time, I sometimes would um, be going in to see the sun rising. I know what you mean. Beautiful. OK, my next one is we've got a window um, that has got some coloured glass in it, uh, blue and red, yellow and purple glass. And it, it's just beautiful when the sun shines through that. It's like, I love it. Mm. Brilliant. That's okay. gorgeous. And I, I love to stand on the beach, close your eyes and breathe in the salty air. Yes, I know exactly what you mean with that one. Yes. Um, we used to go a lot to the beach when I was a kid. My mum would pack up sandwiches and we'd go off to the beach. And um, I really, really uh, know what you mean by that one. OK, so uh, another one would be in the evening. Um, sometimes um, when my son is back and he's not working on nights in the evening, I like watching trashy TV. We get a good film or, or a thriller or something. We don't really say very much to each other, but it's just very, very matey mm. to sit with him and watch the TV. That's really, do you know, it's really nice because one of mine was to stop, take time and enjoy a good conversation over a meal with your family. Yes, I love that. Mm. Yes, absolutely, yes. Um, we've got in the garden um, some herbs, and uh, particularly the thyme um, and the mint, the mint. And I love going out and just crinkling up one of those mint leaves and, and sniffing it. Mm. And it's a very fresh, fresh smell. I love that. Yeah, it is. It is a lovely smell. And I'll tell you something I really love as well, is making footprints in freshly fallen snow. Oh, that's a really interesting one. It's yes, and it when it's first fallen and there's nothing at all, and then you go and make and it makes that sort of crunchy sound, yes, doesn't it? It does. As you place your foot, footprints one by one. My next one would have to be a dark night and a brilliant full moon and the stars. There's just something utterly magical about that for me. I love it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And, and my last one. Is, is pertinent to what we're doing. It's, it's to lose yourself in a, in a music track that's really quite moving. So put the headphones ah. on and just lose yourself in some music. Yeah, absolutely, yes. And my last one relates to that because uh, when I was a kid, we, we were very lucky. We came from a poor family. I think I've told you this, two up, two down. 
tin tub in the backyard. We didn't have a bath or anything. Mm. Um, but one thing that we did have, and a lot of people actually in those days, Ian, uh, it was, you know, toilet at the end of the yard was very, very common if you lived on a, a, you know, in a terrace, which we lived at the end of the terrace. So it was very, very common. But we were poor. Uh, but we had riches absolutely beyond belief because we were taken to the library and we we had a snuggly read every night. Oh. And I think because mum and dad read to us every night, um, uh, that snuggly read is something I still absolutely love. I love getting into bed last thing at night. I put, prop my pillow up and I sit there with, a, with some. I read a lot of children's books, obviously, because that's my that's my role in life. Mm. Um, to open up the world of books to children. But uh, I love getting my uh, nose into a good book and snuggling up. I often do it on the sofa. I lie. <laughs> my wife gets cross with me. Get those feet off that sofa. <laughs> I love to snuggle up on the sofa and have a good read and lose myself in the same way as you said with music, mm. lose myself. Um, absolutely. So um, we've got two games there, everybody. We've got inventing collective nouns. And then we've got uh, the 10 most amazing, wonderful, beautiful things uh, that you can think of. And they can be objects or they can be things that you like doing. So I think we need, while everybody's playing those games or making lists, however you're going to do it, we need some music, maybe a few shout outs so yeah. people can get on with you. I can do that pie right now. This is The Avengers. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Yes, it is indeed. The time is uh, coming up to 12 minutes to 10 this morning. It is Wednesday, the 10th of June. A very good morning to you. It is River Boy Wednesday. Got a great reading from Tim Bowler coming up later from River Boy. Also a fantastic interview. Uh, got some shout outs. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on radioblogging at gmail.com. That's the email address to get in touch with us today, as uh, Lorraine Harrison has already done. So pleased Pi is talking about different types of books. I love adventures but i also love more gentle reads like Riverboy. it is a gentle read it's absolutely stunning to listen to i had the pleasure of, of talking to tim uh, not long ago so dead yeah, do do get ready for that one thank you very much indeed lorraine also don't forget uh, you can leave a comment on the show page uh, just by going to the bottom of today's show and you can leave a comment. Bethany, good morning to you. Hi, I'm here. It looks great. Great stuff. Glad you're here. Welcome along, Lucy. Hi, guys. So excited for uh, Riverboy Wednesday. Please may I have a shout out? Yes, indeed, you can. Morning, Mr. Simpson there in Summerfields on the Isle of Wight. He's going to try harder with his punctuation today, Pi. So <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a telling off, didn't I? It's been on Twitter. <laughs> so so we're looking forward to perfectly punctuated sentences there this morning, Mr. Simpson. Uh, very much indeed. Uh, Victoria, good morning to you. Also to Owl Class at John Moore Primary. They are ready to go, as is Ava, who would like a shout out. Um, next week, I'm going back to school. I will miss this so much. And we will miss you. But don't forget, Ava, you can listen again, as you can with every one of our shows. Just go to all live shows. They are packaged up every single day for you to listen to. Finally, for now, Mrs. Bachelor from Sunderland Primary would like a shout out for year six. Now, always, we have some uh, opportunities to leave a shout out on the contact Padlet. In charge of that, surrounded by Padlets and Jotcast, Deputy Mitchell, have you got anything over there for us? 
Good morning, there. I'm drowning, drowning in Padlets, <laughs> post-it notes, jotcasts, technology. Lights are off, fingers are poised. I'm ready. Yes, we've got, we've got a few. We have a birthday, um, which is fantastic. Cathy uh, Q has left a, a request saying, "Happy birthday, Alice, mm. who's nine today." So, happy birthday, Alice. Ninth birthday today. Uh, so, congratulations to you. We have the Westfield boys are back. Oh. Yes, they're back. Um, <laughs> morning, lads. Boys. <laughs> I know. Uh, we got Will, Archie, William, Zach, and Elliot. Um, I think we have a collective noun for those, Pi. There's a challenge for you um, this morning. Um, so we've got a shout-out to all of those. And then Will from Westfield has just asked for a shout-out for his amazing teachers at Westfield Primary School. So although an air of cheekiness about them, they, they can charm their way through uh, school life, I am sure. Mm. Um, we have Toby, who wants to say hello and a shout-out. So uh, thank you, Toby. Uh, James who's in uh, Crabtree uh, Crab Infant School in Year 2, asking for a shout-out from Eagles Class. Uh, we've got Miss Dodds, uh, Miss Dodds from uh, Thorntree Primary, saying that Year 6 are looking forward to writing some more super sentences today. Um, Edith as well, asking for a shout-out for um, Betty, Martha and Daphne. And we've also got Mr Simpson, he's back on the Padlet here. Um, I think we just mentioned him from Dickens Class Summerfields on the Isle of White, Mr. Simpson didn't include a, cap a full stop on that <gasps> post-it note. Um, I have to report. So yes, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens to that one. Now that's just um, getting him into I trouble, isn't it? Well, uh, yes, I, I, I don't mind that. Uh, and we've got a few coming through. I can see a few now being written because, as you can, as you know from uh, a teacher using the Padlet, if you create it, you get to see everybody writing. You can see each letter being created. It's fascinating, uh, and there's about six or seven coming on now. Um, so I'll come back to those a bit later on. So there are still more, Ian. Wonderful. Thank you very much indeed, Deputy Mitchell. We will be going back to him later on in the show. Uh, but for now, though, one of the features that we really love here at radioblogging.net is when you, the listener, record your audio padlets. Now, yesterday, uh, Pi read some fabulous Taliesin, or from the book Taliesin. It was inspired with his reading that he was doing. And we've got some there to listen to today, haven't we, Pi? We certainly have. Um, I noticed one, actually, that Thomas had written, uh, on a blog, and I don't think he recorded this, um, so I thought I'd just read th this one out. Mm. Um, uh, a really fine piece. So I'm reading it out really to encourage people. It's great to blog, and it's it's even better if we read each other's blogs and respond to them. But be brave, Thomas. Be brave. This was a cracking little piece. I'll read it to you. I've been an earth molder, crashing down from above, and the smoke spouter of Hades. I've been a life giver of blue, endless expanses. I've been a life taker and a mass extinction maker. I've exhaled oxygen and shifted the map of the earth. I've created the dawn and demise of the dinosaurs and the march of the mammals. I am the beginning, the end and the time in between. I am evolution. Now that is a cracking piece by Thomas. I think he's from Friesland. Isn't that amazing? That is so, absolutely um, superb. Yeah. 
I think probably lots of people are writing at home or in school, but not necessarily blogging. And I think even if people are blogging, they're not necessarily recording. Um, but if you've got the time and the space, something like that, Thomas, deserves to be captured and, and shared. So very happy to read that out. Have you got some that um, have been recorded for us, Ian? I certainly have. I've got four, four really, really good ones this morning. The first one is by Edith. Here we go. Taliesin. I've been a wave flipper. I've been the sea's emerald grass. I've been the eighth tentacle of an octopus. I've been the life-giving gills of a fish. I know why the sun shines so bright. I know why the clouds float gracefully past. I know why the moon and sun take turns to watch over you. I am cold, wet raindrops dripping down your back. I am the angry, thunderous stomp of a giant's foot echoing through the atmosphere. I am a lightning flash, a spotlight on a moment in time. I am the warm morning rays chasing away the petulant storm. I am frustration, tensing your muscles and making you explode. I am tiredness, making you ache and yawn. I am happiness, light and free. I am love. It's lovely, isn't it, Pi? That was a superb piece. Mm. And the interesting thing is, of course, it, they deserve to be listened to a number of times. Um, I, I haven't checked, but I, I hope you blogged that as well, because it's, it's lovely to have it written down, to be able to go back to it uh, and to look at it. Mm. The other day, I, I tracked one or two children. I thought, I wonder if I put in, I've actually put in Bethany's name, because I know she's been with us a long time. I did the same for Kitty. I had a look at Sachin. And it, uh, and just i could just see everything that they'd written and it wouldn't be too hard for those children then to actually um create a word document with everything you've written right from the beginning design yourself a front cover hey you've got a little book of poems short stories extracts some some I mean, some some of them have written 30 40 pieces of writing and it really builds up into it is a book. It's a wonderful thing. What else have you got? I really love that one. What else is there in? Uh, we've got one here from Poppy. I am life. I am earth. I have been a green leaf trampled on. I have been a pretty flower blooming in the summer's sun. I have been human. I have been a tiger ready to pounce. I have been the sun. I have been the moon. I have been the twinkling stars dancing in the night sky. I have been the rain lashing down onto the windows. I have been the lightning thrashing down onto the ground. I have been an angel with two wings gliding through the sky. I have been a bird soaring through the sky. I know why the grass is green. I know why lemons are sour. I know why humans age, because I am life, I am earth, I am everything. They're so they're so well presented, Pi, aren't they? These audio padlets. Yeah, uh, we've learnt this over time, haven't we? And mm. I think Poppy, that's the first one you've done. I think I'm right in saying that, uh, and it was beautifully done. Very, you, you've got the pacing right because you have to. The audience have to be able to hear every single word. So you've got the clarity, you've got the pacing right, and of course it was beautifully written, wasn't it? Oh, it was beautifully written. Yeah, and I've got another one here. This is by Kirat. I am Kalesen. I know why the galaxy was made. Why grass is green. Why you are you. I know when space was created, 
when the first human set foot on fresh land, when the world will end, I am Callison. I am the sun and the moon. I have been a life giver, smile maker. I have been a fish eater, swimming above the coloured seabed. I have seen past the dark abyss with balls of light and spinning spheres. I have been dead. I have been alive. I am all and all is me. I am Talison. What I love is they've taken your inspiration, pie, and, and these young people and children have really run with it, haven't they? They have, and they're making it their own, and that's always incredibly important. You hear people say that on those talent shows. You made that song your own. <laughs> Um, but it but it is true. Uh, it, it, the the poems and the models are like um, little catalysts. The idea is that you take it, you take the idea, uh, but you definitely make it your own. You, you draw on your own uh, thoughts and ideas and memories and um, and you playful with it. Um, I love those. Very, Very commanding. Nice. And we've got yeah. one more. So this last one is Great. by this is by Kitty. Now Kitty uh, left a little message on her audio padlet, which said that she's in school today, um, but she wanted to record one more audio padlet from when she was listening at home during lockdown, and she's going to listen again when she gets back this evening. But her mum is going to listen in today and tell her all about it. So Kitty, this is your audio padlet. Talison, I am Talison, and my words are wise which will echo until the end of time. My brain has lasted forever and will carry on. I know why ladybirds have spots, why tigers run, why humans eat, why chickens walk, why women have arms, why men have hair, why glue sticks, why water is wet, why people die, why blood is red, why looks don't matter, why not to judge a book by its cover, why toenails grow, why plants need sun, why flowers smell, when why senses die, why when people in panic freeze, why water ripples when disturbed, why atoms are small. I know everything. By Kitty, 10 years old. Kitty, 10 years old. Another fabulous one. A really good one to finish on, Pi, wasn't it? I love it. I like the bit about the ladybirds. I know why ladybirds have spots. Mm. It's almost as if there's a story lurking behind that, isn't there? The story of how the ladybird got their spots. I also like the line about why uh, water ripples when disturbed. I thought that was a fantastic one to end on uh, there, Kitty. But what you've got to do, your mission, Kitty, is this, to persuade your teacher to uh, work uh, uh, and let you um, all listen in to the show. That would be marvellous if you could draw that in. But do listen to us, Kitty, when you get uh, get home. You've been uh, a good follower of radio blogging, and I know you've I've always had a look when you've posted something up. Um, I think now, am I right in saying we're ready for Tim Bowler? Is that right? We um, are yeah. ready for Tim Bowler. So um, if, you're very, if you're happy, um, you can introduce the response padlet and then I'll press the button whenever you're ready. Ah, uh, guiding me so I know what I'm doing next. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, OK, so we're all on today's uh, page. I think Tim is listening in. Um, you can see where it says teacher notes. Do click on that. Um, lots of I, I think if I was a teacher, there's a, a lot that we could get out of today's show or any of the shows in terms of follow up. So, for instance, I put in an appendix with a lot about collective nouns and other games. But if you click on uh, above activity one where it says Tim Bowler response, just click on that orange box once. And it takes a moment. That little blue line goes across the top and you can see a starry night and it says Tim Bowler response tab. Padlet. Now, what we like to do, Tim, is 
uh, we're going to listen to your interview in, in uh, not interview. We're going to listen to the reading from the beginning of Riverboy in a moment. And our listeners always give uh, some feedback to the author. So to do that, if you've never used one of these before, you click on that pinkish blob in the bottom right hand corner with a plus mark on it and up comes what looks like a post-it where it says title that's where we put our name so i'm going to write pi there that's important if you've not done this before we need your name everything is read everything is double checked before it goes up that's what uh, mr mitchell is doing now uh, he's sitting uh, double checking and i've dropped the cursor down i'm ready now to give a response so what we're going to do is we're going to listen to tim reed and <clears throat> Make some notes during it. For instance, if I if you were in my class, I'd be saying, is there a line in here that you think is going to be really important in the future to this story? Think about that. Are there any very telling lines that we need to have a bit of a chat about and, and hold on to? Uh, I might be saying, what do you think is going to happen next? I might be saying, how do you think this story is going to wrap up at the end? Um, how does it make you feel? Because certainly um, the beginning of the story is rich with possibility and emotion. What do you make of the main characters? There's a couple of characters in this. What do you feel about either of them? Does it trigger any uh, memories or experiences for yourself? So we're going to give Tim a bit of a response after we've heard the reading. Now, this reading, you have to really deeply concentrate on. And that means lose yourself in it if you want to close your eyes lose yourself in the story as tim reads hello i'm tim bowler i wanted to read to you today from the opening of Riverboy, which i wrote way back in ooh, 1996 what a long time ago that was chapter one it didn't start with the river boy it started as so many things started with grandpa and with swimming it was only later when she came to think things over, that she realised that in a strange way, the river boy had been part of her all along, like the figment of a dream. And the dream was her life. Half past nine in the morning, and the pool was crowded already. That was the downside to summer holidays, especially hot ones like this. But she knew she shouldn't grumble. She'd been here since 6.30, together with the usual hardcore of serious swimmers, and she'd managed a leisurely four miles without interruption. But she did grumble. The mere sight of all these people flopping in like lemmings made her want to shout with frustration. She wasn't ready to stop yet, not by a long way. She had energy left and she wanted to use it. She stuck to her lane, doggedly ploughing length after length, trying to ignore the splash of other swimmers. Sometimes she'd found that if she just forced herself to keep on swimming up and down her lane without stopping or swerving, the other users of the pool seemed by some collective telepathy to accept that space as hers and leave it to her. But that wouldn't work today. They seemed to be jumping in by the score. Another quarter of an hour and it would be unbearable. She locked into her stroke and drove herself on, her breath beating its practised rhythm in time with the strokes, as even as the chime of a clock. In for a gulp of oxygen, her mouth twisted upwards to snap its life from the air, then face down again 
and a long ex exhalation to a slow, steady count, bubbles teasing her lips like tiny fish. She loved this rhythm. She needed it. It kept her thoughts on track when they started to wander. Sometimes when things were going well and she was feeling secure in herself and had something pleasant to think about, she was happy to let them wander. But if she was tiring or feeling vulnerable or worrying about Grandpa again, she focused on that rhythm and it settled her, sometimes even when she wasn't swimming. But she was always swimming. She needed to swim. To be deprived of swimming would be like a perverse kind of drowning. She loved the sensation of power and speed, the feeling of glistening in a bed of foam, even the strange isolation of mind in this watery cocoon. Distant swimming was as much about will as about technique, and she knew she was strong in both. All she needed now to set that will alight was a big swimming challenge, something to test herself against, something she could one day be proud of. She heard Grandpa's voice calling her. Keep going, Jess. She glanced up at him as she flashed by and smiled to herself. She knew what keep going meant. Dear old Grandpa, He'd only been here 20 minutes and he was bored already. He ought to know by now that he could never fool her, of all people. His concentration span had always been short, except when he was painting, and his temper shorter still. Yet for some reason he always liked to come and watch her swimming. She reached the far end of the pool, turned and kicked off the wall and looked for Grandpa again. He'd wandered round to the shallow end and was standing there, watching some children. He was ready to go, but maybe she could squeeze in a couple more lengths to finish off. She plunged down towards him, feeling for some reason slightly apprehensive. The children in the shallow end blocked her lane, but they broke apart as she approached, and she slipped in between them, wondering whether she should stop. Grandpa called out again. Everything's fine, Jess. Keep going. She kicked off the wall and headed back down the pool, suddenly desperately uneasy. Something was wrong, but she couldn't work out what it was. His words ran in her head. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And yet there was something in the very contrariness of Grandpa that told her he was trying to conceal something. He was such a stubborn, prickly old man, he would always say everything was fine, especially when it wasn't. She broke out of her stroke and stopped, treading water, and searched for Grandpa. There he was, still standing by the shallow end, watching the children. He looked all right, no different from before, just bored. Perhaps she was imagining all this. He saw her and raised a hand to wave. Then, to her horror, clutched it over his heart and crashed into the pool. Hello, this is Tim Bowler, and you're listening to radioblogging.net. 
Now, I found that reading absolutely mesmerising, Pi, did you? Yes, absolutely. Um, I was totally with Jess ploughing up and down the swimming pool and looking at Grandpa. Mm. I ought to say, I think I ought to say, in case anybody got upset by that last bit, um, that actually he crashes into the pool and the next line, um, he's in hospital. So I just thought I ought to just add that in. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a deep and rich and wonderful, wonderful book. Because one of the schools that comes on often, Ian, is called Stone with Woodford. And you'll yeah. remember that because the head teacher I often call the dog whisperer because her dog, Maisie, was first, you know, dog of the show at Crufts. And um, Kim, that's the head teacher, she loves her reading. And um, when they read Riverboy, uh, further on in the story, um, there is a waterfall. And of course, a river. And <clears throat> she took the class, the year fives and sixes, to I think it was in the Bracken Beacons where there is a waterfall and you can actually go behind the waterfall. Mm. So it's um, the water is crashing down in front of you, if you can imagine that. Um, so that they were sort of living the experience of a key part of, of, of the book, which I thought was an amazing, amazingly interesting thing to do. Oh, well, thank you for that, Tim. Wonderful, wonderful reading. And later on, Tim will, um, there's an interview with Tim that Ian did, uh, which is fascinating. Now, on my little post-it on the Padlet, I have written, and very early on in the story this came, and I don't know if anyone else noticed it, I was listening for those telling sentences where you think, oh, that's interesting. Uh, and it was very early on in, in the she realized in a strange way the river boy had been part of her all along, like the figment of a dream. And then Tim said the next bit. He left a pause and he said, and the dream was her life. And I thought, that's a really interesting sentence. I want to capture that and remember that I'd want to get that up on the wall or into the into the journals or somewhere so we could come back to that little bit, that thought uh, later on. So I've written. And the dream was her life. That sounds very interesting. Now, what we found uh, with these, Tim, is that people get excited about it, but forget to do the capital letters and the full stops. And it's not only the children who do that, because sometimes it's the adults as well. So I've reread it. Always reread, folks. Um, you press elsewhere and it is awaiting approval. And no doubt uh, Deputy Mitchell will be reading lots and lots of these. But we usually have a bit of a musical interlude, don't we, um, Ian, while people are writing their responses. So do put one or two up, but also read each other's as well. Thank you, Pi. Got something just right for a little bit of creative writing. This is radioblogging.net. Uh, there we go. Hope you were busy, busy, busy during that very, very short piece of music. Just something to keep us writing, keep us thinking, keep us excited about our creative literacy that we are doing here at radioblogging.net. Just gone ten past uh, ten this morning. Exactly, it's thirteen minutes past ten. Just gone smiley FaceTime on the old clock there. Uh, don't forget you can get in touch uh, by email radioblogging at gmail.com. Helen has done that. Shout out to Raspberry Strawberries and Blueberries at Newland St John's Primary. Year six bubbles are all listening in this morning we studied Riverboy last term so we're really excited well I hope you enjoyed that reading there and of course we've got Tim's interview to come very shortly 
I've also got some comments on the show page. George from Landogo. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I'm looking forward to today's show. Um, I hope you're enjoying it, George. India from Pensby Primary. Also can't wait for Riverboy Wednesday. Uh, Hayden, uh, everybody stay safe. Absolutely. That's why we're here as well, just to keep things bouncing along rather nicely, whether you're in school or whether you are at home. Toby would like a shout out to 5J, Mrs. Cornish and Manorfield Primary School. Also, Jamie, good morning to you. Wishing us well wherever we are. Uh, Thank you very much indeed. Wishing you well as well. Currently reading Riverboy, Jamie. I hope you're enjoying it and you enjoy today's show as well. Also, Sam, good morning to you. Sam's in year six. Ben in Westfield. Also, Victoria, good morning to you. Thank you for getting in touch. Ms. Wilson also uh, must be one of the teachers of the, the Strawberry Raspberry and Blackberry Bubble Group there at Newland St. John's Academy. Uh, we'll have some more shout outs later on in the show because it's time now to move on. I'm going to hand over to Pi, who's going to introduce one of my favourite, I thought they're all my favourites, but one of my favourite parts of the show. It's the live writing, it's the Jotcast. Pi, over to you. Oh, my goodness. I've got to really sharpen up now. <laughs> I just wanted to... It is. It's, I find this exhausting. You know that. I know. It's, it's um, Tim, I just wanted to say uh, you need to go to the top of the page and refresh every now and then. If you're looking at the Tim Bowler response padlet, I haven't refreshed it. So there's my awaiting approval one sitting here and a, and a green message from Deputy Mitchell about capital letters and all stops. But if you go to the top, of the page you can see where it says radioblogging.net just to the right of that the semicircle with an arrow if you click on that um it refreshes the page and then bingo as if by some form of magic all sorts of thoughts and ideas come up and a rich and wonderful um response to the reading and uh, yeah what a wonderful book that is and as i said earlier ian it's one that stays in the mind um it, it great literature great stories actually do something because they do stay with you they alter your brain literally they alter your brain they stay inside there they add a new dimension and i've always had riverboy particularly um i don't want to spoil it but later on swimming is involved and a river is involved um uh, but it, it's a magnificent story and it really did stay inside of me it added to um, my uh, imagination and so if we come out of that we can always go back later on and i know people like to um, add extra bits in um, as as we're going along and i thought because of that that mention of the dream i thought we might do some dream writing so uh, the simplest way to do this is is to be playful and just now you can be playful or you can be truthful um dreams are strange things because they're rich and they're deep and they're vivid and they're amazing and when you wake up and if you don't really think about it and hold on to the dream it fades and it disappears uh so they are strange things but it is an opportunity to do some playful writing if you wish i was thinking of the senses i dreamed i saw i dreamed i heard I dreamed I touched i dreamed i tasted now you could just say i dreamed i saw a cat but um, that's not building the picture. So instantly, you know, I'm going to say, name it. So now we've got, I dreamed I saw a Siamese cat. I've named it. I've built that picture. So it's not, I dreamed I saw a car. It's dreamed I saw a Mercedes. So we build the picture through naming it, being more precise with that now. And then we can extend the idea. So we could say, I dreamed I saw a cat sneaking by. 
with eyes like glittering emeralds. So I've extended it and I've used a simile there to build up that picture. So we've got all the things that we know about in our writing. We've talked about naming it. We've talked about extending ideas, sometimes for dramatic purposes, of course, trimming those ideas back, being aware of not overwriting so that every every word earns its place. So there'd be no point in writing with eyes like green emeralds because emeralds are green. It's like saying, um, uh, I don't know, the letterbox was red and scarlet. Well, they mean the same thing. So that's just daft. It's like saying, uh, you know, avoid saying the huge giant. They're all huge. So think carefully about the choice uh, if you're going to use, if you're going to use an adjective, you don't necessarily need one. I think some of you could have a go at doing a kenning in there. I dreamed I saw a milk sipper purring. And the milk sipper, of course, is that little phrase, that creative phrase that we're going to use uh, if we're going to try a kenning out. So draw on all the things that we uh, know about. I dreamed I saw, I dreamed I heard. I'll just read a few out that I noted down. I dreamed I saw a white shadow slipping by. Now that one, a white shadow, is an impossibility. So let's play around with impossibilities. I dreamed I touched a frozen sunbeam. That's an impossibility. I dreamed I saw a wish. You can't see wishes. That's an impossibility. I dreamed I heard a quiet explosion. That's an interesting one because you can't get a quiet explosion. They're all loud. I dreamed I touched a velvet stone. I dreamed I tasted bitter sugar cane. So you could try some impossibilities, some opposites, some juxtapositions. So there's lots to think about. There's some big challenge in there. Let's see if we can, let's see what we get going. Now, what happens now is everybody is going to start writing. So um, Izzy has come in with, I dreamed I saw a honeybee eating honey. A lovely idea uh, there, Izzy. Kit, um, I dreamed I had a French bulldog. We're playing spy cops together. That's a fun one, Kit. Adults usually join in with this and work fast and furious. I can see Mr. Simpson coming in here. I dreamed I saw a whole story written by a year six pupil without any missing capitals or full stops, exclamation mark. Well done, Mr. Simpson. Is that an impossibility? <laughs> I dreamed... In my dream, Phoebe, I saw a demon boy whispering words that chilled me to the bone. That's a really interesting one, very thoughtful one. Amelia, I dreamed I was riding on the back of a beautiful unicorn with a soft, thin horn. Lovely idea. Riley, I dreamed I saw a beautiful duck flying in the bright blue sky. Keep going, Riley. Let's get another one down. Um, Nicholas, I saw a flying rainbow fish. Oh. So Mr. Simpson's reminding Riley of full stops there. I missed that. See, it'd be, it's easy to miss some. Sachin coming in with, I dreamt I had seen a green, a grass green goblin staring at me with lost abyss eyes. Green, green glass goblin. Sachin, have you read Overheard on the Salt Marsh? You've got a wordplay a bit like that one. Uh, Matteo, I dreamed I tasted my breakfast. Ooh, I, well, could you name the breakfast, Matteo? In other words... What was it that was so tasty in the breakfast? So I dreamed I tasted crisp bacon. That builds the picture more. Well done, Matteo. Let's get the next one in. And remember to check for those capitals and full stops. Ida, I dreamed I tasted the sweetness of a coconut sat by the sky blue ocean, lapping at my feet. See if you can get an, an impossibility in now, Ida. Nice idea, though. Well extended. Uh, Penn, Penn Mallory's junior school coming in with, I dreamed I saw a giant orange 
dog barking madly. That's a crazy one. Ollie, I dreamed I saw a frog with eyes as green as grass. Nice idea, Ollie. Um, green as grass is one I've heard before. Can you push yourself to choose something different instead of grass? So it's fresh and new. Tilly, I dreamed I saw a fire breather gliding through the clouds. Is that a dragon, Tilly? When you do the Kennings, Tilly, just put a hyphen in between fire and breather. Lovely idea. Really liking it. Edith, I dreamed I saw a crow riding a bicycle. That is an impossibility. See if you can get an opposite, like like um, a white shadow, sort of opposites. Um, Emily, I dreamed I elegantly swam with hawksbill turtles in the Great Barrier Reef. I love that idea of the hawksbill turtles in the Great Barrier Reef, Emily. You've got a really nice bit of naming it, building that picture, making it sound special for the reader. Archie, I dreamed I saw a robot with red scarlet gems as eyes. It's staring right at me as if I had been the one that had brought it to life. Really good idea, but I'm not so sure about the red scarlet gems um, because you're saying the same thing twice. Um, I'm wondering, what are the red gems? I think they're rubies. So you could go with rubies as eyes. Uh, Mr. Simpson coming in, being supportive. Sachi, I dreamed that I saw a cat escaper. Now, that's an interesting one. A cat escaper. Is that something running away from a cat? Is that a mouse? Have we got Gerald on the go here? Or is it the cat flap? Making me really think there, Sachi. Bethany, I dreamed I saw a breathtaker. Air slicer of a kestrel. Ooh, air slicer. Love that. Will, I dreamed I tasted the freshness of strawberries picked off the tastiest tree in the woods as the sun bloomed down on me. Sachin, I'd seen face reflectors parting away at the dead of night. Beautiful uh, turn of phrase there. Neve, I dreamed I was a tortoiseshell cat daintily lapping up water with my rose pink tongue. Loving that one, Neve. Arthur, I dreamed I could clasp stars. I really like that, Arthur. I'll tell you why. I've never heard anybody say I could clasp stars. It's the choice of the word clasp is totally surprising and it arrested my attention. Daisy smelling sizzling bacon. I like the sounds of that in their touch of alliteration there. Keith, I dreamed I saw a glowing cave. Then I awoke. That would be a good sort of ending, perhaps, for the whole thing. Uh, Nina, I dreamed I danced in the fluffy clouds of fairies and elves. Lovely, beautiful idea. I, there's so many, uh, I can't keep up with it. I'm utterly exhausted. <laughs> but lots and lots of adults coming in. Adults, you keep going. I think, um, Ian, probably while people are working, mm. I think probably we could move over to, to Tim's um, interview. Sounds like a lovely idea. Thank you, Pi. Great work there. This is Tim Bowler's interview. Tim, that was beautifully read. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. That was absolutely stunning. I was hanging quite literally, Tim, on every word. The imagery, the imagery, but also the emotion within the story mm. as well, particularly as the passage progressed. Yes, thank you very much indeed. Thank I mean, you. where where do you get your inspiration or where did you get your inspiration for Riverboy? I don't know. It's strange, really. It goes back a long way, I think. One was that my own grandfather... He died when I was 14, and um, he was nothing like the character in the story. The, the grandfather in this story is a peppery, difficult old man. My grandfather was a lovely, calm man, and I loved him very much. And I think he died, as I say, when I was 14. And when I was, when, when it happened, I remember my father saying to me, did I want to come to the funeral? And I just, I couldn't face it. I didn't, I don't know, I was, wasn't ready. I was, I was quite young, and, you know, I, I, I wasn't up for it. I didn't want to go. And 
I sort of regretted that later. And although it would be quite wrong to say that I've been thinking about it ever since or pining after it ever since or regretting it ever since, I think it's fair to say that one of the reasons why I wrote Riverboy in the first place was to go to my grandfather's funeral to honour him in some way, I think. And that was one thing certainly that was behind it, the love of my own grandfather. But the character of this grandfather is very different. And he was loosely based on a man I used to know, a lovely, lovely old man who's also died now, dear, dear old friend, a very difficult, truculent character, but very lovable. And I think some of that went into the character of the story here. How lovely that you've drawn it into your own life as well in, in some in some way. Mm. That's that's a really beautiful way of doing it. Were you ever a swimmer yourself? Is that something yeah. that you kind of in, introduced into the story from your own experience? I was. I am a swimmer, but I'm, I, I'm not a swimmer like Jess. I mean, uh, for those people who read the book or who know it, um, Jess is a fantastic distance swimmer. And, and she mentioned about a big challenge in the story. Well, I'm obviously not going to give too much away. She wants to have some challenge that she can meet. She does find that challenge later in the book, and it does involve swimming, among many other things. But I'm not a great swimmer. I'm, I'm, I like swimming. I'm very much a person who loves the sea. I've done a lot of sailing, but I'm not a swimmer like Jess. I didn't realise when I was writing it, first of all, that I was that swimming was going to become a spiritual metaphor. Um, I just wanted a girl who wanted some. I wanted this girl to be a swimmer, and it seemed to be the right thing to do. Uh, but um, I think those elements, the grandfather who was based on a grandfather I loved. Uh, the truculent friend of mine who, whose character went into this grandfather, the fictional grandfather, and then the whole idea of, of the spiritual metaphor of water, swimming, and it's called River Boy for a reason. Obviously, there's a river in it. All of that came together in the writing of this book. And something also which, which resonated with me as I was listening to you read so beautifully was the fact that actually at the moment and exercise has been a huge thing for, for people. Um, and obviously, Jess finding calm in that in swimming for herself. I mean, it, it's a very much a, a book of the, or it could be very much a book of the moment, couldn't it? I think it could in a way. Um, I think what I always look for, though, in, in anything I'm writing is to try to find that which is timeless. If I'm, Especially if you're going to write about young people where things change so much. And the themes that, that interest me most as a writer are always those things which have a sense of timelessness in them. So what I mean is things like language will change, slang will change, technology will change. And so by the time you've written the book, if you put certain slanguage in, they may be out of date already. But the human emotions don't change. Self-doubts, love, hate, revenge, desire, you know, all of these human qualities that we have, these are jealousy. They're all permanent things. They're long-lasting. And human beings, whatever age they are, have always experienced these things. And certainly the idea of striving and trying to find through in this case, swimming, but there will be other things, whether it's yoga or martial arts or writing, music, anything really. Strive, finding some way, way of self-expression, self-validation through the activity that you're doing. And certainly in these times of lockdown, any of those activities, the things that people do that they love very much. In my brother's case, for example, playing the piano. My wife is a wonderful pianist. These things are important. And I think at times like this, they become critical to our our balance and our equanimity. I think you're absolutely right. Something else that I was also going to ask you as I was listening to you read so wonderfully was your, your choice of language is, you know, very, very, creates a wonderful image for the, the listener in my case and also for the reader. I mean, how many times do you sort of go over uh, a piece um, and how many times do you revisit and edit before you're happy with what you're writing? Well, in, in my case, it's fair. It's, um, obviously, some passages seem to 
give themselves to you more easily. But mostly with me, it's worked and it's reworked and it's reworked. Uh, this book does actually contain the one chapter, I think the only chapter I've ever written, which came out right first time. And I won't say which one it is, it's much later in the book. And it is quite a critical chapter. Um, and um, I remember sitting down and writing it. And when I went back to change it, I suddenly thought, no, 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 leave this alone. <laughs> Don't mess it up. Uh, but normally that's not the case. Um, the very, very final chapter of the book, I remember um, my mother, my dear late mother, uh, hearing it on an audio version. And I remember her saying to me, oh, I love that last chapter. She said, it's obviously just sat down and just wrote it straight off. And I thought, oh, mommy, if only you knew. <laughs> if only you knew how long that took, how many different versions of it. You know? And I'm sure any writers hearing this would agree, you know, that what you're, I suppose what you're aiming to do with, with writing, as with many things in the arts, is to, the art is to conceal the art, you know. Yeah. I have to try and write this scene as make it sound as I've just thought of it, but of course it's actually laboured and crafted. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. One thing we've been asking the, the authors that we've been talking to is your notebook. I mean, do you have a notebook? And if so, could you give us a, a little flavour of, of what's inside your notebook? And if you do, how you use your notebook to sort of bring ideas together? Oh, well, my notebook is my mobile phone and my email. <laughs> and so when I'm stuck with something, I'm constantly sending myself emails or texts. Um, before emails and things came along, I did actually have a notebook. But I do find that um, I write a lot of notes which I just don't ever use. I think you'll find as you talk to writers generally on the, in this series, particularly that they will have different, different responses to whether they use one or not. In my case, a lot of the notes I, work, I, I write down don't go anywhere. They're, they're, just, they're important at the time, but they sometimes lead to something else later. Uh, so my notebook really would be, would be my mobile, as I say, and I'd send myself emails if I think there's something important. Um, but on, I think, for me, a, a, stronger, a stronger process than that would be something, I remember someone saying once that ideas, that the writers don't have ideas, ideas have writers. And with me, if an idea is strong enough, it starts to possess me and it won't let me go. Let me go. So I don't tend to need to write that down. Uh, books like this one came because an idea is obviously a, a thing that doesn't have form. Um, and that's what I love about books. Because, and the arts generally, you're looking at your inner life and your inner life has no no raiment. It doesn't have, it's not, doesn't have any clothing or, or physical form. But when you put words down or musical notation or, or oil on canvas, you're giving physical form to your inner life. And that's why it's so precious. And the strongest ideas don't need notebooks, really. They'll come at you and they dominate you and... I often find it a miracle to pick up a book, a physical book, and think, once upon a time, this was just a whisper in the night. It didn't exist like this. It didn't have this, this physical form. It was a whisper in the night, and then it was a, a, a period of sleepless nights, and then it was an obsession, and then it was words on a page, and then draft after draft, and then finally it becomes this thing. It's hard to believe it was never there, but once upon a time, Riverboy was just a whisper in the dark. And before that, it wasn't even that. And therein is the miracle of creation, that which I find wondrous really the fact that the no thing has become a something that's why art in all its forms i think is a is a kind of sacrament for us really fantastic tim thank you so much and a really really beautiful uh, way of, of putting it indeed tim it's been a real pleasure to to listen you. to you read and also to to talk to you today tim bowler thank you very much indeed thank you Ian. hello this is tim bowler and you're listening to radioblogging.net it was an absolute joy to talk to Tim um, Pye, and um, he's such a, a very interesting man and lovely way with words, doesn't he? 
he's very very eloquent i love that bit at the end how once upon a time it had been a whisper in the night and and then he went on and talked about how the no thing the nothing had become something and i really resonate uh with that because um i think i've talked about it before that idea that five minutes ago sachi had not written the things that she's writing on here or or you know, two minutes ago, Luke and John Moore Primary hadn't thought of writing, I dreamed I saw the Earth's future, lifeless and dying due to our mistakes, as a powerful telling line. Or India has written, I dreamed I saw a beautiful butterfly soaring through the sky, and it dropped to the ground, dot, 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 dead. Oh, they're a bit grim, aren't they? Um, but when we're creating, something arises seemingly out of absolutely nothing, and I think that's very, very exciting. And we've had that in the games that we're playing, that sometimes we just come up with an idea that wasn't there a second before. And I think that's mysterious and I think that's wonderful and I think that's really exciting. Yes, that was a very rich interview, well worth playing a game. I think, Ian, we need to dash to the last uh, part because it's 10.34, 10.35 and if you're in school... I know that the teacher will probably be needing a cup of coffee because they can't exist. <laughs> so <laughs> true. A cup of coffee. So true. I know, I've been there. <laughs> and a biscuit, a hobnob, I hope, as well. Okay, folks, so underneath the Jockcast, if you click on activity, of course, this is what we have been working towards. I'll read my model out and uh, then I'll just make a few points about it and then it's uh, time to wrap the show up. So here is my dream poem. Dream poem. I dreamed I saw an anteater inspecting an anthill, a camel tucking into a plate of gooseberries, a metal hammer melting in the sun, a shoe filled with smarties, and a mouse sauntering across the path. I dreamed I saw a flock of furious feathers, a cluster of curious clocks, a library of luxurious lakes, a swarm of silent serpents, a school of serious sand dunes, a class of cracked cliffs edges and a crowd of chameleon curtains changing color i dreamed i witnessed the difference between a scream and a silence the difference between red and black the difference between nothing and everything you know and the second that yes became no i dreamed i heard a silence explode a car breaking to a full stop a door slamming open a Siamese cat purring, a hand waving hello, a friendship breaking in two, and the moment when the world began. I dreamed I touched a furnace made of snowflakes, a lake made of sawdust and sadness, a mountain made of pillows, and a spider's web made of steel girders. All these things I have dreamed. So if we go back to the beginning, I'll just tell you uh, what I've done in each little section. So my first section, I was just warming up. So I had a couple of animals, the anteater and the camel. And then I had some things. I had a, a hammer and a shoe. And then I ended with the mouse, of course. Inevitably, that is Gerald walking across the path. I was just playing about with that first one. The second one, I got into drawing on the collective nouns. And of course, so I've got a cluster of or a library of. And then I alliterated a library of not books, but luxurious lakes, a swarm, not of bees, but of silent serpents. So I started with my collective nouns and then I used the alliteration um, to help me. The next section down is the difference. I witnessed the difference between a scream and a silence, red and black, nothing and everything. Yes and no. So I was sort of getting big 
opposites there. Then I got went on to I dream I heard silence explode. So I got a bit of an opposite there. A door slamming open. That's a bit of a weird one. A hand waving hello. I got a Siamese cat in there uh, uh, as well. Friendship snapping, breaking in two. And then I went for the touch and I got a real opposite there. A furnace made of snowflakes. And then a lake, which is wet, made of sawdust, which is dry. A mountain, which is hard. Pillows are soft. A spider's web is fragile, but steel girders are not. And then I ended with a bit of a taliesin twang. All these things I have dreamed. So there's lots of play in there, lots of possibilities. It's very much an open field. Um, and uh, if we work really hard at this, David, they can blog down below. I think most people know, fill the form in, get your name in there. That's important. And the title, work on it in the notebook, write it in the section. And we love people to go to the blogs where it says listeners posts at the top and respond to each other. That's an important part of it. Would you like to just say a little bit about the um, audio, David? Yes. I mean, just leading on from what you were saying there, Pai, um, you know, we know that children are going to be using radio blogging. Some people might be writing in books, um, writing on some paper uh, to put all their work on the wall in school or in a notepad at home. But what we've got with the blog here, using that form, you can create your blog post you're writing once you've done it in your notebook and you can submit it onto the blog and you'll see in the menu at the cross the top that says listeners posts once your blog has been approved it will sit there and uh, you what what it what enables people to do is read from all over the world we, we've had 100 120 different countries nearly half a million uh, hits on this site now uh, from all over the world coming and reading the writing so that's the real inspiration uh, we can get your writing on the blog uh, but not only that uh, the bit we really love is about getting the audio back onto the show and you heard four this morning and we're getting more and more each day of children being brave enough to have a go at they're recording their blog post. So there is a player there that explains exactly what to do. If you have any problems, do leave a comment and we'll try and help you through that, but follow the instructions um, and you can then create your audio and we can listen to those. We love listening to those. Now, Pi listens to them, Russell does, I do, Ian does, um, and a lot of other people. And you'll notice there are two Padlets there. The one at the bottom is the old one, which is kind of full now. It takes quite a, way to, a long time to load, but we've put a new one just above it, a fresh one. And uh, all those that are on there were from yesterday. And we love to come back around about five o'clock. We'll come and have a look and approve them. And then we'll come back later on uh, in the evening to approve any others. And that's when uh, Russell or Ian will tinker with them and get them ready for the show so they can open the show tomorrow. But it is one of our favorite things, isn't it, Pi? We do, we do love to listen to these. I do. I think, it, I think it just must be wonderful if you're, you know, if you're 10 years old to have your, uh, your voice on the radio. And I think that's a really, really great thing. So be brave. Uh, they're there forever. Um, so uh, even if it's not um, even if it's not actually on the show, it's there for people to listen to, which is a marvellous thing. Now, tomorrow, Ian, we have got Abby Elphinstone and you could not I could not be more excited uh, about this because Abby is a writer who I know that a lot of children, uh, particularly in Key Stage 2, some in Key Stage 3 probably, really, really love her books. Books like um, Dream Snatcher, for instance. Um, and 
her st- her story that she's reading from is very very different to today it's a different flavor completely uh, and i know that tomorrow um children are going to absolutely love this lots of you all know abby's work and, and you did you interview her as well um ian i certainly did yes we've got the most fabulous reading from for tomorrow mm-hmm. and also a really really lovely interview as well so lots to look forward to tomorrow with abby and i know how excited she is to be on the show and she will also be uh working with us on the show and responding to padlets as they are added Woohoo! i know I know. Uh, it's It's been a fabulous... I don't know. The, the old phrase, um, time flies when you're having fun, it always applies, mm-hmm. doesn't it, to radioblogging.net. We do have the most packed and busy hour, but it's always a huge amount of fun pie, isn't it? Yeah, I really enjoy it. And it's. I've said this before, Ian, it's like having my own class. Um, I feel, because lots and lots of the children I've got to know, a lot of the adults I've got to know as well. I mean, we've never met, but I sort of do know you because we've met through uh, through the word, which is an interesting thought. And in a thousand years, probably people will still be able to go back because of the Internet and look at our words. Um, it's an extraordinary thing, really, that we do. Uh, and I really love it. I really look forward to it every day. So uh, probably time to wrap up, Ian, isn't it? Certainly will. Pi, thank you very much indeed for your uh, your contributions you. today. It's been a fabulous show. Um, just before I, uh, I close the show completely, uh, Deputy Mitchell, have you got any final shout-outs from the contact Padlet, please? Uh, we have indeed, yes. Uh, we've got uh, Freddie at uh, Charlie St. James. I know Freddie. I've taught him and his teacher, Mr. Clark, there. So welcome and I hope you've had a great show uh, for, for those there. Um, we've got uh, Year 6 Boys in the Hub 14 at Macaulay Primary. First-time listeners today. We love it when we get first-time listeners. Mm. So Year 6 Boys at the Hub 14, Macaulay Primary. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, uh, Thorpe Arch, uh, want to say a good uh, a, a shout out to year six i think um thor parch there l-e-h i think that's the school um thor parch might be the class i'm not sure but we got robert at l-e-h2 who said please can uh, the, have a shout out for the amazing teachers at school uh and for a shout out for all their hard work during this time so that's nice isn't it um we have india at pensby primary asking for a shout out for you all of year five uh saying that she misses everybody and that's one thing we like to do here make sure we connect people um, as well which is great uh, another one here from St Hilda's which is year 6 there asking for a shout out uh, for the school their classmates and their year 3, 4 and 5 who are back at home we miss you all keep writing there uh, Thomas this is to you, Pi, from Thomas, because you read Thomas's uh, workout. He says, thank you to Pi for reading out my poem. I will audio the next one, I promise. Woo-hoo. So a nice way to end that. Lovely way. <laughs> Absolutely. Deputy Deputy thank you, Deputy Mitchell. Thank you very much indeed, Pi. Just a few name checks from me. We do try and squeeze in as many as possible. Sam and Rosie, good morning to you. Robert from LEH. Kirsten, uh, we've got Alfie from Manorfield School. Uh, we've got at Karsha as well, who's been in touch this morning. Ellerin, good morning to you. Also, Isabel and Ben uh, at Boxgrove Primary School. We've got William from Westfield. Uh, we've also got Sophie from Hardwick and Camborne School. I wonder if that's Cornwall. We've got Rhea. We've got Grace this morning. Good morning to you. We've got Hayden as well. Also, Ruby and Grace on the Isle of Wight there. Uh, we've got Penn. We've got Miss Rack from the Raspberries Bubble at Newland St. John's. Thank you. Good morning, Mrs. Hollis at Bispam Drive. 
and also Mrs. Coming to you. Good morning to you. Really good to hear from you. Uh, thank you, Sue. Sue, for getting in touch. Uh, for Poppy and Freddie, you wanted a shout out and you've got one. Absolutely. And finally, Mrs. D, a uh, little late to the party, but looking forward to getting involved. Well, thank you for getting involved, Mrs. D, as with everybody who's joined in today. Got a really, really exciting day tomorrow. We've got Abby Elphinstone on the show, as you know. Uh, but also look out for a big announcement tomorrow, because as with all good radio stations, uh, we were talking last week about some CPD for teachers, educators and parents. We're going to let you know tomorrow what that's going to look like. The team are in big discussions at the moment as to how we can put that forward. Very, very excited about that. So look out for that and also look out for the schedule as well. Until tomorrow at 9.30 a.m., this has been Radioblogging.net. Ian Rocky here in the hot seat. Looking forward to being back with you again in the morning. Until then, uh, stay safe, take care, and bye for now. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo! Keep this frequency clear. A children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Join Pi Corbett, Russell Prue, Ian Rocky, and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9.30 a.m. Online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net.